It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Hey everybody, it's Ron Johnson and this is Locked On Sports Minnesota and it's Friday. It's gloomy. It's raining in Minnesota. I don't know where you're at, wherever you're at. I hope you have a little bit more sun than we do because we have none. But it's Friday. The, The weather is like indicative right now of Minnesota sports. It's gloomy. There's no sun in sight. And we never know when this is going to end. Like we are just going to be in sports purgatory forever, it feels like. But you know what? There's always hope at the end of the tunnel. There's always new sports coming up. We got to talk about the Wild and the Wolves because they might be the sun at the end of the tunnel we're looking for. But we got to get locked in on the show today. I'm Ron Johnson. That's Reggie Wilson. We got Julia Daniels from Care 11 as well joining us. And Sam Ekstrom, the producer with the juicer. I don't know. It's the hostess with the mostess. It's the producer with the juicer. I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> but again, this is a Locked On Sports Minnesota. This is the Friday Roundtable. I am your host, Ron Johnson, for the day. I want everybody to know, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself, uh, yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a, a personal supply of five plus antibiotics that you can treat 50. That's five zero fifty plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Well, we got to get locked in on this show. Uh, it, it's imperative we do that. Uh, so, Reggie, what you got? Twins. It's so hard. <laughs> no, uh, was this season a success? We'll, we'll talk about it. Also, cool. wild or wolves? Which winter sport should fans be more excited about? Gophers hockey debuts tonight at the X against the plucky St. Thomas Tommies. I'm going to give a college hockey plug by before this show is done. I knew Sam was going to get into Gophers hockey. It is Gophers, so I'm okay <laughs> with it. The Gophers football is on a bye week, so we're not talking about them. But they do have Iowa coming up, and that's going to be a big talker next week. Because it's the Floyd of Rosedale. But the Vikings and the Bears, I mean, I don't know what they play for. I don't know if they're playing for anything right now. I sent the message to Spice Adams about this Bears offense and what they're possibly going to do in this Bears defense. I'll tell you what he told me. And now, Vikings fans, you should be a little bit pissed off about how the Bears view the Vikings right now. And we'll jump into that coming up next on Locked On Sports Minnesota. And remember, people, Jace Medical. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. J-A-S-E medical.com. Well, I'm going to kick it off. We got to talk Vikings, Bears, and uh, Sam, to make a prediction on the game, I am not positive. I don't have any positivity. I am very uh, perplexed. I'm very annoyed. Uh, and I'm not, I'm going to pay off the tease. I asked Spice Adams. I reached out to him right away because I know Sam had asked me about that. And I'm like, you know, it's funny. Like, I have not talked uh, Vikings, Bears with my boy. And so I text him like, yo, on third and seven, Kirk Cousins come to the line of scrimmage. What is the, because he's a defensive guy. I'm like, what, what can we expect from the Bears defense? This is what he responded. It doesn't matter. 
because mm. Justin Jefferson is not playing. I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's how the Bears are really feeling right now. That it does not matter what we do because you guys don't have Justin Jefferson. And so for my prediction, I do feel like the Vikings can come away with a win because I feel like the Bears are maybe underestimating now the Vikings because they are without Justin Jefferson. There's no extra film study needed to figure out how to stop number 18, but they forgot about number three. They forgot about number three. And and and, uh, and I know he's a rookie. Nobody knows him. 87 has to come through in TJ Hawkinson. Uh, but my prediction, my bold prediction, I think we're going to see a Jordan Addison emergence night. Like he's going to have 10 targets and he's going to absolutely let the Bears and the world know, hey, don't forget about me. I know Justin Jefferson's out, but I'm still the first round draft pick. I, I'm not, I don't want to be a JAG according to Steve Smith and how we talked about Jerry Judy. I'm not a Jag. I'm not just a guy. I'm going to show you guys. And so that's my bro prediction. I think the Vikings can get a win, but I think Jordan Addison's going to have 10 targets. I think they are going to go to him over KJ Osborne. I think TJ Hawkinson will be in the mix, but Jordan Addison's going to fill in for the missing Justin Jefferson. What you got, Reggie? Yeah, uh, bold prediction. I think it's going to be a one-score game because they're all <laughs> one-score games. Uh, so <laughs> So, like, really, though, I think um, the, the Bears are coming off that 40 to 20 win over the Commanders. And coming off that win, I would say, wow, like, this could be a tough one for the Vikings. But then, like, if you factor Justin Jefferson in and some of the strides that the offense has made throughout the season, I'm like, uh, eh, I don't know if the Bears are on their level just yet. But then now that Justin Jefferson is out, I think things have just kind of evened out a little bit. So I think it's going to be a really close game. Um, one thing about Jordan Addison is he doesn't have that protector anymore. You know, Justin Jefferson drawing the double teams and all that. And we've kind of seen Addison struggle a little bit to beat that press coverage at the next level because he's a little bit of an undersized guy. And so I think Justin Jefferson's af absence is going to do wonders for Addison's development because it's like, look, if you're going to develop, if you're going to turn into the receiver that everybody knows and wants you to be like, this is your time to do it. This is the time to step up as wide receiver one. But we also have seen a, a bit of inconsistent play from KJ Osborne this season as well. So I think he's got to step up as well. Like it's going to take all these guys. I think Kevin O'Connell, this is going to be a test for him as well to scheme up because we saw at times last season, we've seen at times this season that offense kind of gets stuck in the mud. You know, all of a sudden you just see multiple three and outs and you're like, okay, what, what's going on? And that was with Justin Jefferson on the field. And so now that he's not on the field, Kevin O'Connell is going to have to find a way to scheme up guys open and, and really keep the, the chains moving. And we'll probably see a lot more TJ Hawkinson as well. He's going to have to make sure he secures and holds on to the football um, with each time that the ball goes to him. So I think it's going to be a very, very competitive game, but I do think the Vikings can win. I will say this before I go to Sam. Reggie, speaking of your one-score games, here's the correct score, people, for FanDuel. We are going to jump into the locks in the next segment, but just so you understand, everybody – is betting one score games for the Minnesota Vikings, 16 to 14 Bears, 16 to 13 Bears, 16 to 10 Bears, 
14 to 13 bears 13 oh my goodness like you can bet is, any score pretty much right you well it's all pretty much one score games though like nobody's okay. really like picking the vikings in these as far as FanDuel has like you have to go all the way down to the very bottom and you do but the majority of these yeah you can pick any score but the majority majority is all one score so like what FanDuel is offering is one score games as well so reggie your point was spot on uh, nobody's there is a couple there's a 31 to 21 uh bears but that's about it the rest of these are all one score deals um the majority though have the bears beating the vikings so it's wow very it's very perplexing but if you want plus 23,000 odds you could take the bears 24 vikings 14 that's that's one of the bigger ones uh out there also bears 24 vikings 13 so nobody really thinks the bears can blow the vikings out so one score is probably your way to go but Sam, what, what do you think? What, what is your prediction on this game? Yeah, when the Vikings play at Soldier Field, win or lose, it's usually ugly. Look at some of the recent scores in the Kirk Cousins era at Soldier. And I'm not counting last year's Week 18 game that didn't mean anything. Previous scores include 17-9, Vikings win. 19-13, Vikings win. 16-6, Bears win. These are the last three scores in meaningful regular season games at Soldier Field. And you know what? The Vikings could use an ugly win. They've, they've played okay in some losses where they put up points and they did some, some cool things. Just muck it up and grind it out and get the job done and win the game ugly. I don't care what the score is. Get the W. Secondly, people are talking about Jordan Addison and... KJ Osborne stepping up into Justin Jefferson's role, and that's valid. But also, there's, you're going to have to put another body out on the field at wide receiver, and that's going to be Brandon Powell. Mm. And that was one of my favorite players in the preseason and training camp. I thought he looked really good, and now that he's given the chance, I'm putting Brandon Powell on seven receptions for 75 yards and a touchdown in this game. He might be the one. That while people hone in on Jordan Addison, Brandon Powell might be the one who finds himself open. Mm. That's a good one, Julia. Mm, yeah, I would. I mean, I think we're all on the same page that this one is a toss-up. Unfortunately, uh, when it comes to the Bears, yeah, I would say Brandon Powell. They just signed Tristan Jackson and Nikhil Harry uh, to the active roster. The Jordan Addison take, I will say, he has been limited all week at practice with some kind of ankle injury. So mm -hmm. we will see um, how that plays out on Sunday and we'll see what the practice report says today. But I also think um, everyone, I, I think the first two weeks of the season, I would go to places, whether I was at Gophers or, or wherever, and it's obviously Vikings fans everywhere. And they would say, at this point, we should just tank, you know, you're one and four and, um, we all we all know Brian Flores doesn't tank. Um, that's pretty obvious to all of us. But I, I was reading a Strib article by Mark Craig where he was talking about, number one, a one turnover game should not be a small victory for an NFL team, um, which I think some people said that it was this past week. Um, he said they should be increasing the takeaways on the defensive side of the ball. Um, which was something that Ed Donatel's defense did well in crucial moments. Um, so I think that that's something that the Bears, that is the team that that it should be easier than um, 
say, the rest of the schedule to maybe increase some takeaways and get that defense rolling. Um, but uh, on the offensive side of the ball, too, I, th- I think you're right, Sam, in saying, like, you have guys like Braden Powell and, and other people that can be weapons that um, – Maybe the Bears aren't expecting. They don't have a lot of film on these guys. They don't know what they can do. Um, But I also will say Wes Phillips said in his presser yesterday that they're not changing their offensive identity just because J.J.'s not there. So we'll have to see how these um, receivers fit into that scheme. See, and I I agree with that too, but I hate when offensive coordinators say that. They have to say that just for the media. Mm -hmm. You're definitely changing. There's no way you can run the same offense. Well, they're not going to say that they're changing. Either. No, true. I just, I just hate that. Like, if, if I was off as a coordinator, and I, you know, that's why I probably would get fired. But if they ask me, like, what are you going to do differently? I'm like, man, I'm going to pray because I don't have Justin Jefferson. <laughs> and then next, I'm gonna just throw the ball to whoever's open. Like, but no, you, 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 you do keep this offense pretty much the same, but your play calling is not going to be the same. So I think that's where the Bears. That's why Spice is so confident. That's why they all feel great about this. Um, but the one thing I will say about the Bears, and I've and I've watched this a couple of times on film now, their cover two is flawed. Their cover two is flawed because of the young players. And the way cover two is supposed to work is the middle field should have a linebacker to help where their linebackers get sucked underneath by tight ends. That's why I think Jordan Asim, if he can go uh, and he's full go with that speed, if they don't have him, that's why I think Sam bought this up, the Jalen Naylor missing piece. Like that could have been – a person to have a big game in Jordan Jeff- uh, Jordan Jefferson, Justin Jefferson's at absence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just taking advantage of the fact that they're covered too, that the safeties get lost. They don't get off the hash often. So the, some of that deep rail shot stuff is there. Oh, it's going to suck without Justin Jefferson. Cause Justin Jefferson would have for sure made those, those safeties pick the wrong guy. And then you got Jordan Assing hauling tail down the sideline. And yeah, we just, this is, this is just one of those seasons where it's like the rain. I feel like Missy Elliott right now is sitting outside on my deck just singing. She can't stop the rain because that's that's what it feels like. I don't know. I know Reggie started off with the uh, boys to men. We got that coming up later. <laughs> but it's like Missy Elliott. I can't stop the rain. It's my window. I mean, that's 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 what I feel like right now. Like that's that's where Vikings fans are looking out their windows. Like you've seen that meme. Super sad. But we got to move into these locks, people, because I know everybody loves FanDuel. Everybody loves a good bet. Uh, that's one of the biggest things going around in the NFL right now is players who have gotten in trouble for betting are getting those slaps on the wrist taken off because they're like, well, look, you can bet. Just don't bet on your own team and don't do it in your own facility. Like, can we at least agree on that? Players are like, fine, I'll go sit in the car and I'll bet. So speaking of some things, help these Vikings players make some bets. They can't bet on their own team, though, so don't listen. Turn it off if you're a Vikings player. What do you guys think about some locks? I'll start with you, Reggie, for this one for FanDuel. Um, so I'm, this is such a hard thing. So the, the, the line is Minnesota minus three. Yep. So like, it's just kind of hard to pick a quote unquote lock, but you know what? I've always said since he got into this league that I believe in Justin Fields. So Justin Fields, 200 plus yards. I'll take that. Whoa. Okay. I was. Kind of good. I was going to go the opposite way with Kirk Cousins. I've, I've looked at Kirk Cousins at Soldier Field as a Viking. Four out of five games, he's been under 250 yards passing. And that's his over-under, 250 and a half yards. And I've looked at the forecast. It's raining all weekend in Chicago. It's going to be 56 and drizzly. 
those are not ideal passing conditions. I'm still thinking ugly, ugly football game. Kirk Cousins under on the yardage, 250 and a half yards. So it's an mm. anti-Vikings lock. Sorry, everybody. I still think they can win, mm. but I don't think Kirk's going to light it up through the air. Julia. Mm, um, can I do two? Yeah. I'm just first drive result. I'm saying touchdown by the Vikings plus 270. And I'm going to add to it and say Cam Akers. Um, <laughs> we're going bold, right? We're going yeah. bold. Um, also, will there be overtime plus 1460? It could be so <laughs> miserable do that, that there's me. a miserable overtime. Don't do that to me. I got to do the post game show. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't no. Don't subject. This could us be the more. one. This could be the one. Nobody wants. You win a lot that. of money. You win a lot of money. Don't, don't, Julia. Can we just mute her for the rest of the show? That's just ridiculous. It's like when the Kardashians sit down to have a conversation. Nobody wants to hear this. I'll give her the, the Tony Reale. Every time Jada treatment. Pickett opens up her mouth, that's I'm like, no, <laughs> we don't we don't need to hear about Tupac. He's been dead. Go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> nobody wants overtime, just like nobody wants Jada Pickett. That's what Let's I'm say saying. One more thing. Could be a miserable, miserable. Take us out the group chat. It's, just, it's okay, Jada. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> the Jada Pickett memes, by the way, have to be the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. Somebody just posted a meme of Tupac in heaven talking about why she lying on me. I was like, what? Why is it? Why? Like, Diddy didn't kill Tupac. Now Jada trying to relive his life. Like, oh, I'm like, what? And his girlfriend that he was dating at the time was like, wait, so you asked her to marry you? Like, we was dating. Like, hey, Jay, like, you was, oh, man, this is just, and Will just sit back, like, what I do? Well, why y'all? I'm just trying to be the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Let's get this show back on the road on the on the rails. It's Julia <laughs> and her overtime prediction. So Julia is picking overtime. If you really want to get sexy, um, oh wait, well no, no is a minus thirty five hundred plus is a, yes is plus fourteen sixty for overtime. Um, my lock, I just think it's a simple one. I'm gonna go DJ Moore plus forty yards. Justin, Justin, uh, or sorry, Justin Jordan Addison plus forty yards. Those are my two. I just think forty yards for those two should be simple. Like Sam said, when you got conditions like that, you're gonna throw a lot of check down under route stuff, and that's what DJ Moore. I mean, he's been running a ton of quick outs. Uh, he's been running a ton of shallow stuff. Um, one because Justin Fields, if you notice, some of his deep balls have not been accurate. Um, he's actually hit big plays on passes that are less than 15 yards so air yards for justin fields on his big plays are actually less than 15 yards in the air and then dj moore has been making plays for him and some of the other receivers as well been making plays for him so i'm gonna go dj moore i'm also gonna go jordan addison for that same same reason i think kirk cousins um the other one and, and i'm not sure if they have it i haven't looked through is the cam makers i like the julia one but cam makers dump off passes like there's one for like cam makers have three catches that might be another one because in this conditions, what's the best thing to do? You dump it off to a running back in space, let him make a linebacker fall because of the field and the grass and the naturalness of the turf um, in that weather and the fact that the city of Chicago doesn't care about the field. So we know they're not going to take care of it because they're like, you want to leave us? Deal with it. Uh, <laughs> but those are FanDuel locks for the game. Make sure you guys go to FanDuel.com if you want to place bets or you can just go to the app. Like any device you have, go to the app. 
You can see all the uh, deals. You have to live in a state that carries it. The states will pop up. I click Iowa, even though I'm not logged on. It won't let me back because I'm in Minnesota. But I'm actually heading to Iowa this weekend for softball. So, <laughs> mm. you know what I'm going to be doing. Ron I'm betting on be, overtime. I'm betting. Oh, Lord. No, not the overtime. Do it. <laughs> Four, put five dollars on overtime 1460 and then uh, no we don't want that <laughs> but if we if, if i bet a big one on it but no i'm gonna probably uh there's some money in there but we do have a word from our sponsors because coming up next we got to talk about the twin seasons over reggie's gonna sing a little boys to men for us uh, we got to talk <laughs> about the wild and the wolves because we know one of them is more important than the other we're all gonna take our thoughts i know where i'm going uh and then it's gophers hockey there's no gopher football so we're gonna let sam do a shameless plug for gopher hockey but we have a word from our sponsors before we get, get to that. Ron gave you the full rundown on FanDuel. We told you what you can wager. And if you're interested, this is the promotion that you can take advantage of if you're a new user at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Get $200 free in bonus bets when you place a $5 wager. That's guaranteed, win or lose, 40 times your money. Bet five, get 200 and then you can put that 200 on whatever you want. Put it on some of these crazy alternate receiving totals, betting on overtime, over-unders, futures, props, whatever you want at FanDuel. Dozens of ways, every single game to wager. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Good place to get started or the FanDuel Sportsbook app. And bet the NFL with FanDuel, an official partner of the National Football League. Well, it's time to get on with this twin season. Reggie, take the song away. How do I say goodbye? No, um, so to what? <laughs> oh, you gonna keep it going? <laughs> I just so, remember getting play from the movie. That's that's there we my, go. That, there we that go. That yeah. Sam, Kid is that for the song or Joan Duran coming out? Yeah, I thought Duran was here. <laughs> Bring the heat. um so here's the thing man so the the twins went out sad um they set a major league record with 1654 strikeouts this year and in the last game of the season what turned out to be anyway they struck out 14 times in back-to-back games they could only muster three hits in each of the last two games. And that last game was theirs for the taking. All it took was just a couple clutch hits. Just a couple. And you're talking about you're winning that game. Three to two, like the pitching, say what you want about the decisions that Rocco made, pulling Joe Ryan and, you know, putting Theobar in, Theobar giving up yet another gigantic blast to Abreu. But, that game was there for the taking. Like Mm -hmm. there's a possibility that I'm doing this podcast right now from a hotel in Houston right now, if they win that game. But now, you know, it was interesting talking to Carlos Correa. He was just like, you know, I want the guys to use this as fuel. They got a little taste of the postseason, So we're going to come back next year and be better. And then he said this, I trust the front office that they're they're going to put the guys in place so that we can be better next year. Translation, 
we need some help because I can't do it by myself. Me and Royce can't can't shoulder this whole thing by ourselves. We need some help if we want to beat teams like the Astros. And I agree with them. The question was, was this season a success? Last year, they dropped the division in the most tragic way. This year, they were able to win the division. They make it to the playoffs. They win a postseason game for the first time in 75,000 years. They win a postseason series for the first time since 2002. So if you're if you're a glass half full person, you say, yeah, this season is a success for sure. I mean, they went further than many might have expected. But if you are an all or nothing type of guy, you're like, no, like they came short of a championship. They had a lot of good uh, momentum going in this postseason and just flopped. And ultimately, if you don't win a championship, I mean, I some people would say it's a success considering what they did, but I wouldn't say that that's a success because they didn't win what their ultimate goal was. But I do think that they are in great position. One thing the postseason did show us is that the kids are all right. The kids are all right. Um, Eddie Julian, Royce Lewis, these youngsters, they they can bring it. And so I think that gives confidence for Twins fans that, you know, they do put a few more pieces together. They do fix this strikeout problem. And maybe next year they go a little bit further. Yeah, I, I'm going to optimistically give them the success box checked. I'm going to say, yeah, it was a success. Mm. You did something you hadn't done in two decades. You gave the fans an absolute thrill. You tested the world champs in the Houston Astros who eat ALDS series for breakfast seven in a row now in the ALCS. Um, I think you set the table well for next year because you've now seen what a lot of these young guys have to offer. You have an idea for what your core is moving forward, and it's a young, inexpensive core. Look at their salary cap situation. They're clearing probably like $40 million in, in guys, and you're going to lose a couple valuable pieces, probably Sonny Gray, probably Maeda. But you get rid of that uh, Joey Gallo money, that Tyler Malley money. Like They can reinvest $40 million to help this roster if it's just apples to apples. If they spend the money that they're, they're getting off the books, they can go out and get help. So whether that's pitching, whether that's more hitting, it'd be nice to have a little cheat code like Jordan Alvarez in the lineup, wouldn't it? Just someone who is going to barrel up everything he, he swings at. So I think that you can definitely supplement this roster with some veterans. And hey, we did see some of those young guys were great in the postseason, and some of them totally shied away. Like Alex Kirilov and Matt Walner didn't get a hit. Um, Ryan Jeffers was was brutal. Like the bottom of that order was was struggling, so I think they can still add some veteran pieces, guys that have been around the block, and make this a real contender next year because now the expectation will be higher. Yeah, I would uh, agree with everything both of you guys said. I would say to the question of was it a success, yes, just like – Sam said, and if I have to hear somebody say they got the monkey off their back one more time, (laughs) I'm going to lose my mind. But they did. Um, They did something that they hadn't done in so long. 
I would go the route of it was a success as well because of the off the field things too. Um, Max Kepler, I talked to Ryan Jeffers about the same thing. The clubhouse was different this year. The guys got along. You bring in a guy like Pablo Lopez, and I don't know, I know Reggie, you've interacted with him. He is one of the best guys ever. And the entire team adores him because yes, he's an amazing pitcher, but also because he, he really came in and brought that clubhouse all together. He created the land of 10,000 rakes fest. He brought in the Fisher price fishing pole. He, he did a lot of that. Also Kyle farmer was, was, I think another part of the glue for the clubhouse and the chemistry that they had. The guys really liked him. He brought a new kind of leadership because I think last year, it was solely on Carlos Correa and Byron Buxton to try and fill those leadership roles. And that's a lot to ask of just two guys, especially when you have so many young guys in a clubhouse. You also have guys like Sonny Gray, who's been vocal in the past few days about he wants to be back here next year. And I think that that's something that, you know, I haven't been covering the twins, but this is just my second season, but it's different than last year. Guys weren't saying like, can't wait to be back. Can't wait to be back here. And and then you bring in a guy like Sonny Gray, who's so talented and is like, yeah, this is where I want to be. I think we have something that um, we can build off of. Obviously we've seen what success that we had this postseason. Can't wait to see what we can do next year. Um, so I think that the off the field part too. Also Chris Paddock being back. I wish he would have gotten to start um, at some point this postseason. Obviously, you know, coming off Tommy John, you have to be careful with those things. But what we saw from him, um, there's some serious potential for that Twins rotation, even more so than what we saw this year. So I think that there's a lot to be excited about. And I would call that a success because that's something that Twins fans didn't have last year. Yeah, I'm going to be quick with it. I, I'd say, yes, it's a success, um, not to not to be a Debbie Downer, um, because that's what everybody wants Minnesota to be. I will say they could have been one of the teams that didn't make the playoffs. They could have been one of the teams that didn't win the division. Um, I think the way it ended didn't feel successful um, just because to go down looking, having Carlos Correa. I mean, how cinematic would that have been to have Carlos Correa come up to the plate with a chance to send them back to Houston, even if they lost game five? Just the fact that Carlos Correa was on deck and Dusty said it. He's like, we really didn't want him coming to the plate because he had an extra added of like, I really want to beat these guys. Like, I want to be the Bryce Harper for the Minnesota Twins and make the and have the big moment on Sports Center. I want to be that guy. And so to not even get a chance and the guy in front of you to go down looking. Like that, I think is tough. Now we can talk about strike zone and, you know, is it inside the white line? Did it hit the plate and blah, blah. Like that space between the plate and that white line is like that. You got to swing. And that's what's so tough for people to keep saying like, the, the um didn't get it right. It's that, if it's that close, you swing. You swing for your season. You, if you're going to go down, I'd rather you go down swinging on an inside fastball and just say, hey, he got me. But you got to know, 0-2 count, it's not going to be a sweet meatball down the middle. He's going to try to paint a corner to one, try to get a strike, maybe go high to hope you swing. And so you got to pick which, you know, you got to kind of know like that's, that's why baseball and pitching and batting is so intricate when it comes to softball and baseball, you got to know the count who's on the mound. I know you couldn't cheat and have a device to tell you what they saw coming with the sign, but you got to know he's coming inside. He's going to come inside with some kind of heat. 
because he doesn't want to give you a meatball down the middle. He's not trying to get strike three down the middle. He has three pitches to throw some junk and get you to swing at it. We even saw it, I think, before where it was the balls into the ground, unless I was looking at the wrong game. But I'm pretty sure that was that game where he threw like three into the dirt uh, and fell off the mound. Was that the Twins game where the pitcher for the Astros fell off the mound? Yep. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. So because he was trying to throw those into the dirt knowing I'm up. If I can get him to swing at this and I'm going low, I'm not putting this in his zone. And then you come up to the next guy and he's not thinking. Like, you know he's not going to come down the middle. So you just got to be ready to swing. But it the way it ended, not a fan of it. I think you got to go down swinging. Correa, I wish he had got a shot because I was sitting there just like everybody else in the world saying, this is about to be a movie. Like Cam Bynum was somewhere screaming, movie, because this was about to be a movie. Carlos Correa up at the plate with the chance to send them back to Houston to play one more game. Didn't go their way, but, you know, it is what it is. We got to move on to the next topic. Julia, take it away. Ooh, this winter, wild or wolves? Why not both, guys? Come on. Why do we have to pick one? Um, I got to go with the the easier answer just because I was at the Wild game last night and the Wolves haven't started their season yet. Wild looked decent. Um, they've got some young guys that I think they can rely on. Also, you know, they, they signed those extensions for what Ryan Hartman, Matt Zuccarello, and Moose. Um I think the team chemistry seems seems really good this year. I mean, Dean Everson has a way of bringing us all together, doesn't he? Um, but last night, uh, yeah, it, the the young talent was what I saw really shining with Marco Rossi. I mean, he scored a goal, but obviously, you know, the Panthers challenged it. It was offsides. But Brock Faber, man, he's the real deal. Um I think that there's a lot to be excited about, about this wild team. Obviously they're still trying to, you know, get past the first round of the playoffs, just like most Minnesota sports teams are. Um, But yeah, I would go with that. Wolves, I think, um, should they figure out their personality issues? It's a long season. I know that they have talked so much about being more mature this year, Um, handling each other's emotions better, trying to fit those pieces together on and off the court. Um, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, just from what I saw last night, Wild Wild looked pretty good. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go Wolves um, just because, like, this is going to be, um, you know, full offseason with chemistry, Rudy Gobert, Cat. They're both healthy coming into this year. And we kind of talked about this on the uh, basketball party on Wednesday. But I just think that they have a high upside based on their chemistry and based on the talent that's on this roster and also the continual ascension of Anthony Edwards. I just really want to see how these guys are going to gel together and how Ant is going to kind of like – rise a little bit above um, everyone else to really kind of make this his team and and put put everybody on his back and say, okay, I'm the guy, follow me. I'm going to help win this game. Let's, you know, do this Mamba mentality thing. Like, I think, you know, this is going to be a, a fun season for the Wolves. And I think this is a season, I can't remember the last time I, I felt anything like this about the Wolves, but I feel like with the Wolves, they do have a good a chance as any to 
make it out of the first round and actually maybe go a little bit deeper into the postseason. Um, a lot of, there are a lot of question marks with a lot of teams in the West. And so I think this could be an opportunity for the wolves to do something, but they gotta, they gotta get that chemistry together. Yeah. I love the wild. I love Garen. I love Everson. They can't show me anything new until April. I'm on cruise control with them until the playoffs, because I think they're, they got the same nucleus, the same coaching staff. I think they're going to make it. I think they're good enough to make the playoffs, but you got to win a playoff series to really get my attention. Now they have proven too many times that they're not ready to do that at that level. Their stars don't show up. Um, they've been out coached in those series, goaltending controversies. The wolves can really get this town on fire for basketball. We call it the state of hockey, but man, the twin cities loves good basketball and they haven't had it with the Gophers in several years, um, and they they wanted to have it with the Wolves last year. Didn't really show up for them. But I think this town is ready to get behind a successful Wolves team. They love Ant. I think they love they they claim they don't. I think they love Cat too. They love this this team, and I think the Wolves, if they start fast, like thirteen and seven, and they put themselves in position to be a top three seed in the West, watch what happens to Target Center. It's going to be lit. Be yeah, the lit, wolves, guys. The wolves can be the most talked about program uh, during this winter because the Vikings might be done uh, by late October if they don't get a win in the next three games. I'd say, and so it's and it's likely that they won't. Um, so I, I'm going to go with the wolves on this. Only reason is because like I watched the and everybody's probably seen this the commercials for TNT's hockey broadcast and they're trying to hype it up and they're throwing uh, all kinds of graphics behind it and it, it didn't get me excited to watch the pregame show. Not going to lie, like it didn't get me excited. Uh, but when you see like Charles Barkley, Shaq, Kenny Smith, like I'm I'm looking forward to to watching them talk about Carl Anthony Towns. I'm looking forward to them talking about and you know Anthony Edwards and, and where his game goes. And so yeah, I'm gonna go with Wolves. I just think uh the the fact that the preseason it's it's only been two games, but it's looked good. They've looked solid. Um, we haven't seen the full array of what they can do. We haven't seen what this full roster is gonna look like come game one. Um, but I'm I'm excited for basketball season, so I'm I'm going to leave it there. And then Sam, I know you want to, I know you were looking forward to this one, Sam. I know you were looking forward to it. Take it away. All right, we got college hockey tonight, Fox Nine, seven thirty at the XL Center. I'm on the call with Mark Parrish. We got Gophers, Tommies, new in-state college hockey rivalry kicks off tonight. First time these teams are meeting in. 96 years back to 1927 the last time these teams met um i think it's going to be a great series i think that the the way the tommies have grown the last couple of seasons they're ready to compete with the big boys now and now they get the ultimate test against the gophers who are coming off that crushing loss in the final last year i think it's going to be an awesome spectacle you're going to have a bunch of gopher fans a bunch of tommy fans there at the x and then tomorrow night at mariucci Fox 9, both nights. Check it out. College hockey is back, and we've got a new in-state rivalry to talk about. That's going to be super, super exciting. Julia, any thoughts on go for hockey? Yeah, I mean, you got 10 sophomores coming back from a Ooh. team that, you know, nearly won a national title. 
I say uh, Bob Motzko has been very vocal about the this offseason, this fall, when they've been training. It's been so much more efficient, which I think should be very scary for anybody that's facing the Gophers when you have that many guys returning. Um, you also have Oliver Moore and Sam Renzel that are freshmen coming in. They're first-round draft picks. Um, I've seen – I did a story with Sam Renzel. The guy's insane on the ice. That was like my first time really seeing hockey up close at that level was when I did a story with him. The talent is, is just insane. So um, I think everyone, every one of their opponents has, has a lot of reasons to be very scared of this gopher team. And the fact that that's so many sophomores, I I can't imagine two years from now what that team's going to look like too. I mean, should everyone stay? Uh, but I think, uh, yeah, lots to be excited about. I think the chemistry he also talked about, he has some great leadership. He doesn't have a ton of upperclassmen um, that are stepping into that leadership role, but uh, they've learned from some of the best in, in, in Logan Cooley and, like I talked about, Brock Faber um, on, on the different ends of the ice. So, yeah, really, really nice that he's got so many guys returning this year. For Min- sure. Minnesota hockey fans are torn because they want more and Renzel to be good, but if they're too good, then they go to the Blackhawks. Right. The team that's yeah. So you, <laughs> exactly. you want them to stick around in Minnesota for a couple of years and avoid going to Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be too good, but be good. Reggie, before we get out of here, what you think? Yeah, look, I, I agree with uh, what Julia said. Big on the Gophers' revenge season. They went out sad, man. They went out sad in that national championship. And I know they want to get back. I know they want to get back. So they're they're coming out for blood this year, and they probably want to put it on each and every team that comes their way. So look out, Tommies, but that should be a good one. Don't sleep on them. Don't yeah, I was gonna say when, when you when I, in my mind, and I always forget like you know Minnesota State, man, Cato is good, and the Mavericks and all this stuff is is good mm-hmm. for hockey. St. Cloud State, because in my mind, I'm like Minnesota should just dominate, you know. But now I'm starting to realize, you know what? Hockey is not about the big schools; it's about these hockey schools that get the good players, like you said. And so this should be an interesting one because I know the topic is going to come up next is when is go for basketball going to play St. Thomas? Because that's going to be the next conversation because earlier ben johnson was saying like i don't see a purpose but is this going to become a new in-state rival where st thomas basketball plays gophers you know baseball i know softball does it baseball does it it's basketball i know football wouldn't do it but that would be fun to see caruso try to go up against pj fleck but that's another one that's like what is what does pj fleck have to win with that like what does what does he gain from playing st thomas but I know this is going to be an all-state hockey thing because everybody in this state loves hockey. Again, like you said, the call with yourself and Mark Parrish, Sam? Parrish, Parrish tonight and then oh. uh, Pat McAletti tomorrow. Oh, look at you, Sam. Like you guys are just the hockey royalty of Minnesota. I'm Ron Johnson. That's Reggie Wilson. That's Julia Daniels. That's overtime, Julia, for those that want to know. She's predicting Bears-Vikings overtime. She's wishing for it. She's betting on it. So if they go into overtime and you guys are trying to get to your next event and you can't because you're sitting here watching the Vikings-Bears for a 7-7 to overtime game, just blame Julia Daniels. But, again, this has been the roundtable on Locked On Sports Minnesota. And uh, it's going to be a rainy one, but have a good weekend, people. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.